0: praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Good morning everyone and welcome to another saunter today where it is slightly raining so we're inside again and um... Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We want you to speak to us. We want that risen, glorified, beautiful Jesus that you are in our lives every moment of this day. Amen. So good. Wow. We are in chapter 22 of Luke today and we started it yesterday. The long chapter. And we're going to pick up in verse 31. So remember, Jesus has been, he's just instituted the Lord's Supper, the Holy Communion, which we love and celebrate so often, morning fran and rosemary. And now, then the disciples get into this kind of ongoing discussion about, ah, right, this ongoing discussion about who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Gosh, shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans on the internet. Let's see if it works. We're on 4G at the moment. Um, won't go on to my router for some reason. Good morning, Deepak. Good morning, Pete. Right, sorry about that little hiatus. Let's start again. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to a saunter in my shed. And it's a rainy day, but I've just been out for a run. It was lovely, it's warm, it's mild, it's summer ish. It's England. (laughs) We have to get used to this. So we've prayed, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're with us. And now we're in Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And Jesus says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen the brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Good morning, Annie. And so this is one of these little wonderful gems because it gives us an insight into the spiritual battle that is kind of that we're engaged in and that Jesus is engaged in with us for our soul and for our faith and so on and Peter goes on when he writes his letters he talks about our faith which is of greater worth than gold that perishes even though it's been refined in a fire and this is his moment really where he's going to be tested and refined and he's going to go through a furnace and all the dross and impurity that's in his heart is going to float right to the surface but right now he's got no awareness of where he's really at he's got no real objectivity about his spiritual maturity and Jesus says to him Simon Simon Satan has demanded to have you I can't believe I mean it's it's just beyond me in a way that Satan has the arrogance demand anything of God and yet we see that the sort of old incredible story of Job in the Old Testament where Satan brings an accusation against Job to God and God says well okay you can try him out test him and Satan seems to serve a purpose in the plan of God in testing us and sifting us and allowing what's really going on there to become evident because Jesus believes that we're going to remain faithful. Jesus has invested his spirit in us. The father is cheering us on. The angels in heaven are cheering us on. And the devil is there saying, yeah, but you just put them in the right kind of situation and they'll buckle and you'll see what they're really like. And so he's saying the same. This is precisely about Peter. But listen to this. Jesus, in the middle of all his trials, Satan has brought this demand to Jesus. And this is Jesus's response, verse thirty-two. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. And I love that Jesus is interceding. That's he, That's what he does right now. He is before the Father. He's pleading a case for you and me, like a high court barrister in the courts of heaven. And he's pleading for you and me and cheering us on and standing against the accusations that the devil brings against us before God and you may depend that the devil has got a whole list of accusations that he brings against God's servant in heaven um, before the courts of heaven and Jesus is there hanging in there with us and cheering us on and saying no this one's gonna make it these are mine I've put my seal on them this, they've got my spirit in them and he's interceding and he's but but when the, the word to Peter is so profound he says when you turn again when you have turned again, strengthen the brothers it's not if you turn again it's when you have turned again when you have, when this thing that I know is going to happen, when it happens, get on with what you're called to do. Don't have a massive pity party. Feel sorry for yourself and go right down the toilet. Get up, get on with the job. And you know what? Servants of God, we need to do that. Even when we fail the test. I was talking to a dear brother just um, 24 hours ago and he said, I failed every test. I've literally failed every test right now in one week that God put before me and now, you know, and he was down the toilet and I said, Well let's let's go through this process. Let's get you back on forgiveness. A day later he's buzzing, he's back in the place with God where he should be, because he's found God's grace, he's found forgiveness. And when when we when we're reinstated, we just get on with the job. We don't just we don't have to go right back to square one and start all over again. Anyway, long preamble. Right. So then Jesus says, Peter says to him, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison or even face death. And Jesus says, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times that you know me. Deny three times that you know me. Good morning, Dean and George. Great to see you guys. And he said to them, so, so Peter, right, get real. This is going to happen. You're going to deny me. You're going to have the worst night of your life and you're going to deny me. It's going to happen. It's even like in real time. It's before the rooster crows. So we're in the evening now before it's properly morning. Wow. This day. Verse 35. And he said to them, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? And they said nothing. And he said to them, but now let the one who has a money belt take it and likewise a knapsack, and let the one who has no sword sell his coat and buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was, and this is the scripture, and he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. Right. Okay. just going to say this. I don't think this is a justification for Christians having a revolver in their handbag <laughs> or even having a, sorry even having a handbag is bad enough but having a revolver in it yikes it, this isn't what jesus is talking about i i believe what jesus is saying is listen we're in different times now we are the, <laughs> the gloves are off we're we're in we're in a very very difficult situation a very different situation and this is not like your training program, we're on. This is the moment. And so the the fact that they've got swords, it turns out to be totally irrelevant. It's like this is completely irrelevant. It's almost like he's going to be numbered with the transgressors. Well, let's have some transgressors. Any transgressors here? Anyone got a concealed weapon? Right, you're a transgressor. Here we go. The scripture's fulfilled. I'm numbered with the transgressors. So here they come. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Jesus is saying, listen, previously, did you lack anything? Right. We're going into this crisis situation. You I'm with you. Do you lack anything? No, you don't. And he came out. People will have a lot of different spin on that. So please feel free to make comments and add your thoughts. I'm not going to go into it in any more detail because I want to get through. Verse thirty nine. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Now, I just wonder if Peter had actually stayed awake stayed in prayer stayed there close to Jesus hovering around ministering to him so that the angels were slightly superfluous maybe Peter would have had a better his heart would have been ready for what was going on was about to happen but he wasn't he was asleep he was tired these guys are human beings they're not kind of perfect But Jesus says, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And that's a really, really good word to us today. Pray, keep in that place, keep abiding, keep in the secret place with God, keep our hearts fully deployed. It's when we allow other things that are not him to entrance us and draw us after them that we and we move out of that place of prayer and communication, communion with God that we become vulnerable to temptation we all get tired we all come under pressure we all face opposition if you're in ministry you will face opposition it is just one of those things that happens you will have people who say they're with you and then they're not you will have people who speak about you behind your back you will have people who have an opinion about everything you wear everything you say everything you do the car you drive so on and so on and You will have experts in theology who will argue the toss with you or comment in private about your theology to other people and so on. This happens. But when we stay abiding with Jesus in that place of communion with God, that's the strongest place we can possibly be. And it guards us against temptation and looking for some self-medicating kind of thing to kind of make us feel better. Anyway, so Jesus withdrew, he starts to pray, he kneels down, he's crying out, and he's saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. And and who knows what that cup represented? I mean, Spurgeon said it was literally all the evil of hell condensed into one cup. There would have been the temptations to quit, to run away, or to use his supernatural power to save himself there would have been a thousand and one temptations going on there would have been not only that but just the sheer weight of beginning to take on board the sin of the world that he's going to carry like the sacrificial lamb and he's going to carry the sins of every human being no one can even imagine what that does to the heart of god to bear our sin he who is the scripture says is of purer eyes than to behold iniquity he's is eye he he doesn't look at sin he looks oh and yet the, he who knew no sin was made sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of god so all the righteousness of Jesus would be able to come onto us, he had to take all of our sin onto himself. He who knew no sin, he'd never experientially engaged in sin, became sin for us. He became sin means to miss the mark. He became a failure for us. And yet in this moment of most deep human weakness he is winning the most mighty victory of all when it looks like everything's lost he is winning the biggest victory imaginable he's taken on your sin my sin he's saying being in agony he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down onto the ground let me say this there have been many many christian martyrs through the centuries sad to say and some of them have been burned alive at the stake and as the flames have leapt up round them and began to scorch their flesh and consume them they're singing hymns they have the smile of an angel Stephen looks up to heaven as they stone him to death and his face shines like an angel Jesus is not afraid of dying. If a human being can go through that sacrifice with joy and celebration in their hearts and face the pain and face the agony and the torment of that moment of death, preceding death, what jesus is agonizing over is something that we will never fully be able to comprehend we can only imagine we can only stretch our little human minds into some kind of to try to gain some awareness of what jesus is going through but for jesus to be in this agony um and sweating drops as it were drops of blood falling to the ground this is something beyond what you and I will ever experience. This is a level of, of suffering, that we can only imagine. And so um, he said to them. So then he comes back, verse forty five. And when he arose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you will not fall enter into temptation. And while he was still speaking, there came a crowd. So Jesus knew it was imminent. He knew this capture was about to happen. And while he was still speaking, there came a crowd. And the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. So it's like this little token bit of resistance from one of Jesus's disciples handy with the sword. I believe one of the other gospels says it was Peter who swiped the ear off this guy and but jesus said no more of this and he touched his ear and healed him so there you are about swords and stuff and guns jesus doesn't need it he does he could have called a legion of angels at any point to rescue them all from this situation um but jesus is um he quickly puts the ear back on the guy and heals him and it's all incredible so even in this moment of <laughs> ultimate stress Jesus is still thinking about the guys around. He's still being kind. He's still the healer. But I love this. We know who these people are. These are real people who would have been living um, in the days of Pentecost and those times after Jesus' resurrection. And Malchus, the guy whose ear had been cut off, would be going around telling everyone seriously even when we tried to capture him he healed me they chopped my ear off but he healed me this is amazing this guy is you know and so he would have been i'm sure a witness of the resurrection telling everybody listen he healed my ear look you can barely see the scar and um but jesus says no more of this stop it this isn't how it works and um then jesus said to the priest the chief priests and the officers and of the temple and elders who had come out against him have you come out as a against as a oh my have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs when I was with you day after day in the temple you did not lay hands on me but this is your hour and the power of darkness Jesus knows this is something he has to succumb to he has to yield to and not resist And he's like saying, come on, guys, I've been with you every day for the last week, preaching in the temple. I've been publicly available. You could have captured me at any time. But he's just exposing their hearts because they fear the people. They're doing it by secret with a little lynch mob that they've gathered together. And Judas, what an evil betrayal what a bitter betrayal this is and Judas comes up to him and kisses him Jesus suffered in in these next um, few verses at the hands quite bitterly of his friends and it's important that he did he suffered extreme rejection he suffered betrayal where one of his closest group of friends Judas one of the twelve betrays him with a with a show with a mock show of affection he comes up and kisses him oh master oh man it's bitter isn't it and then he's going to get denied by simon peter who was probably jesus's closest earthly friend wasn't he peter was one of the guys jesus always hung out with and i'm sure jesus absolutely adored peter And, you know, yet he knows Peter's going to let him down too. So even his strongest, most kind of ardent butch supporter is going to kind of wimp out and wilt like a lettuce leaf. And uh, so then he says, but now this is your hour and the power of darkness. He said, I know this has got to happen. Then they seized him. And led him away, bringing him to the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. So Peter's still hanging in there, but he's kind of maintaining a distance. And when they, eru- when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. And the servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, surely this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, oh my, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and cried bitterly. Poor Peter, we think. Poor Peter. Poor Jesus. I mean, poor, wow, what a horrible situation. Horrid, horrid situation to be in for everybody. But this lynch mob have gathered, they've captured Jesus, they've taken him to the house of Annas, the high priest and that apparently the jewish law required that trials and courts be held in daylight in the hours of daylight and so they've lit a fire it's dark and they're waiting for it to become daylight Um, but in the light of the fire this servant girl who's obviously one of the lynch mob or something or maybe she's seen peter traveling around with jesus in the temple and stuff she looks at peter and recognizes him as being one of the apostles and says, you're, what, you this, this man was with him and he denies it. Then he denies it two more times. And one of the Gospels says he denied it with an oath. Saying, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know this man. Get away from me. And then even while he, he's still, the Lord turned. <laughs> wow. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord. Of course he did. He didn't forget did he? But it must have just been such a moment. Where Jesus looks across him. Just flashes a glance at him. Jesus obviously knows exactly what's going on. Peter knows exactly what's going on. And Peter just. Can you imagine. He goes out and weeps bitterly. My goodness me to deny Jesus in that moment where Jesus really needed him he needed his friends and yet there was Peter kind of I don't even know him now the men who were holding Jesus in custody (coughs) excuse me were mocking him as they beat him they also blindfolded him and kept asking him prophesy who is it that struck you and they said many things against him blaspheming him When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council and said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Wow. And so they all said to him, are you the son of God then? And he said to them, (coughs) excuse me, you say that I am. Then they said, what further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. So they've beaten Jesus. I mean, these are brutal guys. This is a lynch mob. They're pushing him around. They're punching him, kicking him. Uh, then, I mean, he is flogged properly by the Romans. And so, you know, this this is just such brutal treatment. But the mockery, he's blindfolded him, he's disorientated. This is classic um, interrogation techniques. This is the sort of breaking the prisoner down, breaking down their resolve. And yet Jesus, even when in the middle of all of this, and they're pushing and shoving him around and pushing him before the chief priests, even then everything that comes out of his mouth is gracious he says they say to him if you're the christ tell us but he said to them if i tell you you will not believe it's like why are you asking you've already made up your mind who i am you've already made up your mind not to believe me i know you're going to kill me anyway kind of thing but do you know what from now on listen to this beautiful statement he said from now on The Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Now one of the names that was given to God um, to sort of be careful with the holy name of God was to call him the power, the power of God. And Jesus said, you know, from now on this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be actually seated at the right hand of the one that you claim to worship, the one that you claim to honour, the one that you claim... To be acting on behalf of right now. If you want me. That's where I'm going to be. From now on guys. So get used to it. So what an incredible story. What an incredible suffering. Jesus went through. For you and me. Let us never diminish. What Jesus went through. To win our salvation. To pay for our redemption. To be able to buy us. Back from the Prince of Darkness and to give us eternal life with him. Come on. Is that worth an amen? God bless you, everyone. Good morning, Pat and Mike. I shall see you guys later. Have an amazing day. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him, but more than anything else that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon and Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.